Demarion Williams was the first addition to this year's transfer class for Texas Tech, and he might be the best shooter of them all. I'll break down what his game was like and how he fits into next year's Texas Tech team on today's episode of Locked On Texas Tech. Our Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. I'm Emery Lida. Going solo today as Ryan is out for this podcast. He'll be back for tomorrow's episode. And today, we're going to be talking more basketball. And more specifically, we're going to be talking about Demarion Williams. And Demarion Williams, when you look at what he has been able to do as a player coming into this season, he spent the last two years at Gardner-Webb where he had two really productive seasons. And I took a look at him about a month or so back and talked about him, I believe, in one segment when TJ Shannon was also being discussed. So I really didn't get a chance to dive into his game. Also, since I've been able to watch a lot of film. So that's something that I really wanted to kind of take a, take my time to come back into today. So Mariam Williams is going to be a junior coming into the 2022 season. He's a six foot four, six foot five guard played at Gardner-Webb the last two years, kind of an underrated recruit, did not show up on any of the recruiting services. Gardner-Webb, one of his few high major, or one of his few D1 offers, and really just looking at the two seasons worth of production, the first thing that stands out to you when you look at what he did at Gardner-Webb is the shooting. I mean, you're talking about a guy that across two seasons shot over 38% from three, hit 53 threes in season one and 50 and 69 threes in his second season for the Bulldogs in the Big South Conference. And that's really production level that you don't really see very often at Texas Tech. And so looking at Williams, obviously, biggest thing to note is the shooting. When you look la- look at last year for Texas Tech, there's a team that shot under 32% from three. You only had one guy really shooting above, 40, above a 40% clip in Bryson Williams, and that was on relatively low volume. Certainly had nobody in the roster that could do what Williams did. I mean, you look at Kevin O'Banner came into the season with kind of a marksman type reputation, but that was more as a stretch big as opposed to being a guard or a wing that could shoot that well. All of the wings on Tech's roster were pretty inconsistent shooting from three. Obviously, TJ Shannon ended the season the best of the bunch, shooting nearly 39% from three over the course of the year. But he was inconsistent and really took him through the until the last month or so to really kind of heat up from three. Kevin McCuller shot well in the half court, but really inconsistent as a spot-up guy. You had Adonis Arms, so those right around 30% for the whole year. Davion Warren, similar sort of story. So the guards in general were a real weak point from a shooting standpoint for Tech. And Demarion Williams being the first addition, kind of a surprise addition, had not heard much about him just spoke to what Mark Adams was going to look to do in this season when it comes to replacing some of the talent that Tech lost in the guards with the Nelson Arms and Davion Warren leaving and obviously McCuller and Shannon off and away from the program as well. So that showed some of what he was looking for. But really, Williams, when you look at what his tape brings, it's more than just the shooting. Obviously, I'll talk more about the shooting in our next segment. But for now, just taking a look at his overall player category, he played 80% of the minutes for Gardner-Webb. So really, he was the second leading guy on their team really when it came to minutes last season. Obviously, as a small major program, they finished about 150th in Ken Palm and Bartrovic. 
The only other guy on the team that really had a similar level of impact was Lance Terry. He was their kind of point guard primary ball handler. And when you turn on tape, it really was clear that Williams had a big role offensively as a secondary ball handler and floor spacer. When it came to running the offense and being kind of the main guy in terms of driving, that led more towards the Lance Terry role, and he played similar amount of minutes. But when it came to three-point spacing, it was DeMarion Williams as the best shooter on that Gardner-Webb team. Took a lot of attention, certainly, I mean, Obviously, that's going to be a role that I think is going to be similar to what he plays at Texas Tech from a spacing standpoint. I mean, obviously, I'm getting into the fit later, but when you look at what he was able to do at Gardner-Webb, it was really just a lot of spot-ups. I mean, 91% of his three-point jumpers were assisted. Didn't take a ton of responsibility as a ball handler. I mean, certainly average over two and a half assists, so something that he can do. But just looking at the tape, he had a lot of kind of – a lot of his ball handling opportunities were more secondary. Didn't really bring the ball up a ton relative to what you would expect for a 6'5 guard. So offensively, he brings a lot of value as a ball handler. But when it comes to actively running the offense as a primary ball handler, I don't think that's going to be something that he's going to do consistently. I think that's more so going to fall along the lines of Davion Harmon. But certainly offensively, he brings you a little bit of ball handling. Someone that can shoot. Not really much of a finisher at the rim. He's been sub 50% his last two seasons. And that's really the lone weak spot of his offensively, I would say. Because obviously, not a primary ball handler, but not everyone can be. I mean, Kyler Edwards made a career out of being a really good secondary ball handler. We guys like Jemias Ramsey, David Amoretti. Those are guys that were able to thrive in the tech system without being primary ball handlers. And so that alone isn't a huge concern. But the finishing at the rim is something concerning. Not really a great vertical athlete, but I would say laterally, he really kind of excels. Defensively, though, when you look at lateral athleticism, I would say that the biggest thing that stands out to me on tape is positionally, Demarion Williams is one of the best defenders that you're going to find in the transfer portal from just a positional standpoint. Not really an active defender like a Clarence Sedoni or someone like that, but his ability to stay in front of his guy, not make mistakes, not have many breakdowns for a guy in the low major spectrum is really impressive. Obviously, the Advanced stats defensively don't really stick out. BPM isn't great. Doesn't have a ton of steals. But when you're a guy that's able to just stay in front of guys, not have breakdowns, that's the type of guy that Mark Adams is going to want to have in the system, especially with the length that he has. I think he's probably going to be a one through three, possibly one through four and switch guy. Not someone you feel comfortable switching with at the five, but still a guy that has a lot of talent defensively and can be utilized as such. So Dorian Williams offensively, it's a, certainly a very versatile player. Defensively, I think his ability to switch well and not make mistakes is going to be really important. Coming up next, I'm going to highlight his shooting because I think there's really – that's the one thing about Demarion Williams that everyone's been talking about. And I'm going to profile exactly what makes him such a good shooter. But first, I got to talk about built bars. And first off, I got to talk about built bars and just imagine dipping your finger into the plastic tug of birthday cake frosting. But when you look at what built bars product has it is simply that and then you opening it you open it up and it realizes it's just 150 calories and 16 grams of protein it's the built bar puff the birthday cake flavor i tried some for the first time last friday and let me tell you it was excellent it tasted just like that plastic tub of birthday cake frostings i've literally never tasted anything like it before you can get them tomorrow but you might want to just get them today because we can't promise you that they're going to be available at this ha that high demand. You can get them at Built.com. And if you haven't tried the puffs, I'll let you in on a little secret because that's what friends do. Chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. Yeah, you heard that from me. 
They're flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. So make everybody every day your birthday with Bilt's birthday cake puffs. But Bilt has taken the delicious experience of biting their fresh slice of birthday cake, and they've put it in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles to it. And the sprinkles really help out. Let me just tell you that. So with 450 calories, 16 grams of protein, only 9 grams of sugar, this limited time flavor is an amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. All Bilt puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate even white chocolate. That means that with Built, you can eat healthy and you can actually enjoy doing it. And they're made with collagen protein, which means, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. I don't know how they do it, but they make it healthy all the time. So go to Built.com, get your birthday cakes puffs now, and go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to also get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com and try out the birthday cake puffs. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Make sure to go check out Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Dillon, giving fans an in-depth look in the NBA draft, mock draft, player rankings, and of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. One player in the NBA draft that has a lot of buzz around him is A.J. Griffin. And A.J. Griffin is a guy that I really wanted to touch on real quick because I feel like what he provided for Duke this past season is something in the same archetype that what a guy like Demarion Williams can can look at like at his peak. A guy that can create his own shot, but it's not really what he relies on. But basically, he is someone that can be an elite level knockdown shooter. He can knock it off the dribble. He's a good motion shooter. But really, it's the off ball, off screens, off of motion, just being able to catch and shoot that really makes Demarion Williams stand out as a player. I mean, he's a really good catch and shoot player shot over 38% each of the last two seasons. As I mentioned, took it on good volume as well. I mean, you're talking about a guy that averaged over six attempts a game last season, over five attempts a game the season before. So someone that is no stranger to taking a lot of shots. And when you look at Texas tech's roster in the last few years, that's something that they've kind of been lacking. I mean, if you go back all the way to 2008, only 10 players for tech have managed to shoot over 35% with over 50 makes. And of those players, I mean, you have some that obviously are going to stand out, like Adavi Demaretti and Alan Voskul, Keenan Evans, Jemias Ramsey, Kyler Edwards. But then you also have, just in general, some guys that kind of just slipped onto those lists, like a Jared Culver, Delmonte Williams, and Anthony Livingston. But when you look at Williams and just his ability to shoot is something that he's going to come into the program and from day one be arguably the best pure shooter on this roster. Now, is it going to show out on the percentages? We'll see. I mean, college seasons can do funky things to percentages. And if you look over the course of his college career, he is someone that has maybe struggled a little bit against greater length and athleticism. But when it comes to shooting in an empty gym, shooting open threes, Demario Williams really has that stroke. It's something he's got a really efficient release off the ball. Doesn't really take a whole lot of movement. It's very compact. And when you're looking at sort of how that jump shot's going to translate, I feel like that's something to really look at because the mechanics of it, are really good and it allows him to get his shot off efficiently. He doesn't have to have a whole lot of space to do it. I mean, like I mentioned, self-creation is not going to be a huge strength of his, but when you're looking at his jump shot, that is one of the strengths that he can do is he doesn't have to create a ton of space to get it off. And obviously going to a high major level, there's going to be things that are going to be different. He's going to have to face tougher closeouts. He's going to have to face defenders that maybe have a little bit more length, but really just one of the things that he provides, I'm not sure that we've had on Tex roster in a little while, or at least since Kyle Edwards a couple of years ago, was a guy that you can rely on as a catch-and-shoot guy, can move off of screens, can hit well as a wing that can also 
kind of dribble the ball and be an effective ball handler on small volume. And that's something looking at Williams's reputation at Gardner Webb. I mean, just his ability to shoot so well off the ball is going to be critical. I mean, he's a guy that made more threes than twos last year. I mean, again, you're looking at Tech's roster does not fit with what we saw in the 2021, 2022 season. So obviously, Mario Williams is something that his ability to naturally shoot is going to be a huge addition to the roster. But just again, looking at his shooting splits, someone that shot really well off the ball and conference plays 39%, 91% of his attempts were assists. He took 180 total. And just looking at some of the games, he's someone that generally takes a pretty steady dosage of threes. I mean, looking across the entire season worth of game walks, he took at least three at least three attempts in every single game, had a couple double-digit attempts where he went 5-11 and 6-11. of And, I mean, that's the name of the game for him. Looking at the rest of his game offensively, took 84 free throws, so he gets to the line relatively decently for someone that doesn't finish well at the rim and doesn't really drive a lot. I mean, he only took 77 shots at the rim, so he had more free throws than, than shots at the rim, which is kind of uncommon for a player that's a guard that's only six foot five. So... Williams, offensively, the shot shot making is really going to be there. If he's able to shoot at a 36 to 38% clip, like we know that he can, that's going to be a huge benefit to this roster. Obviously, as an off-ball player, best comparison I could make would be a guy like Kyler Edwards. We'll touch on that in the next segment. But certainly, you know, offensively, the shooting gravity he can provide off the ball is going to be a huge value. It's not something where I'm going to expect him to be chucking a lot of a lot of shots up as a primary ball in order to kind of step back threes, but certainly he's someone that has the potential to really be an efficient player in this offense. So coming up next, we're going to be talking about what role he can play in the rotation, who he's going to be playing next to him, how you can expect him to fit into the offense. But first I have a message from bet online. Our partners at bet online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news and sports developments, including this year, basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL and college football futures. I don't know if you've been checking out Twitter lately, but they have been all over the place talking about Quinn Ewers being potential Heisman pick, Texas being a top 10 team. I think it's all rubbish personally, but Bet Online has that for you. And that area, your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Now, back again, talking about Demarion Williams, the transfer from Gardner-Webb that was Mark Adams' first addition to this Texas Tech roster. And when you're looking at Demarion Williams, it's important to note, again, not a guy that's going to be really a primary ball handler for you. You brought in Davion Harmon for that reason. You still have Malik Wilson pending what happens in the portal. I have heard good things about him possibly coming back. Obviously, it's good to keep the options open, but there's a reasonable chance you'll have both Wilson and obviously Davion Harmon and Pop-Up Isaacs, even a guy like Lamar Washington, I would say is maybe slightly more fit to be a primary ball handler than Demarion Williams. But certainly Williams is a guy that can be a ball handler. But where you would expect him to fit into the lineup is kind of at that two to three slot. So he can play with a guy like Harmon. He can play with a guy like Pop Isaacs. Certainly not going to be someone that you would expect to play as a small ball four. I think that's a little bit too far out of his capabilities. But I could see lineup for he's the three just because he's six five he's got decent length for his size athleticism probably isn't there compared to some of the other wings we've seen from tech in the past but he's got decent lateral quickness like i mentioned can switch well positionally he's a good defender so you have all of those benefits that he provides 
defensively. So he can slot into that one through three lineup. And when it comes to sort of what his role is going to be within that, I mean, obviously you want to have him around guys that are good ball handlers. So guy like Davion Harmon, again, I'm not sure if I'm completely comfortable with him being the sole primary ball handler. But again, you have guys like Malik Wilson, possibly. You have Pop Isaacs for sure. You have those guys out there that can kind of shorter the load. And so Williams does not have to be a ball handler, nor does Harmon in terms of being a pure primary ball handler. But with Harmon out there, it allows you to kind of take some of the load off of Williams as a ball handler. I don't expect him to be completely a spot up. Not only he's just going to be sitting in the corner catching and shooting. I mean, that's never the role for anyone purely offensively in college, especially at a place like Texas Tech. But for Williams, I think that the biggest thing that he's going to provide is the shooting offensively, I think he can fit in well with the lineup that Tech has, whether it be running two bigs with AMAC and O'Banner and three and three guards or forwards, or if you're running small ball, he can slide to the three and play effectively there. Regardless, as long as he's not being tasked with being a primary ball hinder, I think he's going to fit in well with the rotation. And when it comes to looking at the rest of the lineup, I mean, he's competing with guys like Davion Harmon, like Pop Isaacs, Lamar Washington. Then you have the guys that you don't really know about. Could Dominic Welch be coming to Texas Tech? We'll find out soon, I guess. Could we see Clarence Adolio and Malik Wilson come back? Sure, possibly. So those guys, depending on who comes, it's a little bit early to say exactly who he's going to be competing with for Menace, but you would expect he's going to have to fight for a starting position. I don't know if that's going to be the case for him. I think that at a minimum, I would expect him to be in the rotation because he's shown to be an elite-level shooter, someone that you can rely on to be a five or six attempt game guy. I mean, again, when you're when you're in a comparison with guys like Davide Moretti and Kyler Edwards when it comes to volume, then that says something. And Williams did it on only 26 and 28 games respectively. Last year, he had 69 threes. If you look over the course of the last 14 seasons for Texas Tech, they've only had four guys that have reached that mark, and that's Moretti, Alan Voskel, John Rock. John Roberson and then John Roberson against only three guys in four seasons. And I mean, again, those are guys that are elite level shooters that have proven to be the best shooters in the program as of late, especially Moretti and Voskul. So anytime you have a guy like Williams coming through the door that has that level of shot making ability, he's going to factor in. So I think that it's going to be interesting to see. I would peg him in as either the fifth starter or a potential sixth or seventh man, but I would expect him to be in the rotation again, playing kind of in that two or three in the two or three lineup, certainly the shot making ability is going to be really nice for a spacing standpoint. Davion Harmon is a guy that we all expect to start at the one. He's a good shooter, but not a great shooter per se. He's hovered anywhere from 33 to 36% over his college career. Shot probably isn't quite as clean as what you see from Williams. You've got Jalen Tyson, who by all accounts seems to be a good shooter, but you won't really know until he steps foot on the floor. You've got O'Banner, who until last year, was a really good shooter. Last year, a little bit more sketchy, but we saw some flashes of the Oral Roberts shooting from Kevin O'Banner. And then Fardell's AMAC as well as someone that can step out and play and play from beyond the perimeter, even if it's just limited to being top of the key threes. But regardless, that gives you five potential starters there that can all shoot the three. Add in a guy like Dominic Welch from St. Bonaventure, who has a very similar sort of so similar height and weight complex to what Williams brings, maybe a little bit more athletic. And you're going to have a lot of shooters in the rotation, potentially Elijah Fisher as well. Will we hear about him in the next couple of days? We'll find out, but certainly Fisher is a guy that could be another huge score to add to the rotation. So what for Williams, it's just going to come down to making sure that he can fit himself into the lineup. And 
if he can continue the shot making, the defense as long as it's passable, which I think it clearly is positionally, I'm very optimistic based on what I saw take, even if he's not the most athletic guy, I feel like that's going to be enough to supplant him in the rotation firmly. And then when you're looking at what he can provide just in terms of his expectations for the season, I don't think you're going to see him be a double digit score. I think you could see him be in the seven to eight points per game range, but Ideally, you want to have Williams in a role where he can be pretty low usage. I mean, you look at his usage rate at Gardner-Webb, and it was about 23%, which is high but not exceptionally high. But whenever he had to play in games where he had a lot of usage, you saw a very high or a very low downward sloping curve in terms of his usage and offensive rating, and very high negative correlation, which would indicate to me that the more he gets used, the more he gets tired out, the more he has to share, carry the load offensively the worst it impacts the game. We see more turnovers, whether it be through bad passes or through live dribble. dribble. And we also see him taking worse shots. And so, especially the guy that's not a good driver, think of like a Kyle Edwards, some of the limitations he had, very similar to what you would see with a guy like Williams. And that, with that said, just being kind of that eight points per game type of guy, efficient shooting, you would expect him to rack up an assist or two a game just off of the fact that he's still a competent secondary ball handler. You don't feel uncomfortable with him making decisions out there. He's just not going to be someone that's a good driver and necessarily an elite level passer. So all of those things play in, but certainly offensively, I think you just want him to be a good role player that can space the floor well, and it's going to really help out your team. He's a valuable addition. And then defensively, again, switchability, not making mistakes. You have the Havoc guys out there. I think that's one of the important things to note. It might not be as much as last year when you had Kevin McCuller and TJ Shannon and Malik Wilson Davion Warren and all of those elite level on ball defenders, but you're still going to have quite a bit of defense out there. I mean, Davion Harmon's a guy that has proven to be disruptive. You're going to have guys like Lamar Washington who look really good on tape. Then maybe you bring back Malik Wilson, the best defender in the nation. As I say myself, you also have Clarence Dolan possibly coming back. So you have enough guys out there that you're not going to have to worry too much about the defense. So Williams just being a passable defender, being positive as a switchable guy and being good positionally, that's the most important thing. But regardless, he's going to be an important aspect to this team. Now, who will join him? Obviously, don't know exactly who's going to commit coming in the next couple of days. Good, heard good things about Dominic Welch, good things about Elijah Fisher. We'll have to wait and see on those guys. I don't want to promise any commitments. But if we're talking about them in the next week, do not be overly surprised. But in the meantime... You can follow me on Twitter at Eraser41. You can follow the official Locked On Texas Tech podcast at Locked On TTU. And let me tell you something. I just I hope that we can see Ryan back at our main villa LBK. But as of now, still fighting with Twitter support. Looks like the channel or looks like his account might be a lost cause. But if it comes back, you guys will be the first to know. You can subscribe to us on YouTube to see what we're doing at Locked on Texas Tech on YouTube. Obviously, we just, we've surpassed 400, 400 subscribers within the last week or two. So that's been excellent. We really appreciate all of the support. You can check us out on all, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Leave a review. Just support the show. We really appreciate everyone who listens in, whether it be on the podcast or on YouTube. And we'll be back tomorrow. And I don't know exactly what we'll be talking about, but Ryan will be back with me. Looking forward to that. But thank you for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Again, 
I had to do this one solo, but Ryan will be back tomorrow with me to talk about whatever we're going to be talking about. But in the meantime, you can make your second listen, the Locked On Big 12 channel, hosted by Josh Neighbors, who I recently was on with, and you can check that out on our wherever you get your podcast. We talked about running backs. We talked about Big 12 odds. We talked about how overrated Texas is. You don't want to miss that one. I personally feel like I had some good thoughts, but you be the judge on that one. But in the meantime, you can check out what Josh does on Locked on Big 12 and get all of your daily Big 12 news in less than 30 minutes with Josh Neighbors providing inside and analysis every single day with a variety of different guests. So th- it's free and available wherever you get podcasts, just like Locked on Texas Tech. So thank you for listening, and I will see you tomorrow.